This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. On the telephone with us is uh, Greg Snow as he's enjoying winter uh, back in uh, Wilmer or uh, Olivia, wherever he happens to be this morning. I'm here in Devil's Lake, North Dakota. But one thing that we share, even if we don't share the same state uh, right now, is we both share wretched NCAA tournament pools in our brackets. Horrible picks. Yeah, Horrible terrible. Horrible picks, Todd, but we'll get to that. Let me correct you. I'm in Colorado. Oh, that's right. Colorado. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I'm calling from what turned out to be study. We had a Zoom. I got to tell you this real quick. Yeah. We had a Zoom meeting on Monday talking about us all canceling our flights and going somewhere else yeah. because the forecast was so bad. I played in shorts yesterday. It really? Was so nice. nice. Yes. So things turn. Let's get back to NCAA picks. Yeah, well, yeah, but, yeah, I like the Colorado story, though. So why, why are you in Colorado? So this is our 20th annual NCO. We, uh, we've started this back in 2003 or 2004, one of those years. I can't uh-huh. remember. But we, uh, we just got in a van and drove south and played some golf. And uh, trips have evolved as time went on. You know, we got a little bit older. We just found a little bit more money. <laughs> Decided um, and, to start flying. Yeah, I started to go someplace, quote-unquote, warmer. Last year, we went to Branson. Yeah. Two years ago, we went to California. You know, But we'd spent most of our trips in Iowa or Kansas City. Well, this was the 20th, and we've been to Colorado three times. Uh-huh. And uh, we have some friends out here, and so we're like, let's go back to Colorado. Yeah. Well, the forecast was so bad, we had a Zoom meeting. I've never had that before, <laughs> talking about whether or not we were going to go. And I'm sitting outside on the deck right now in a in – a, golf shirt and a, and the lightest pullover you ever can and i'm so comfortable i cannot nice. wait to play golf today where where in colorado are you so we're just south of denver in castle uh, castle pines oh, we yeah? played golf in fossil trace golden okay right next to the coors light brewery yes i've and been there <laughs> now we're you have <laughs> sure yeah i've been oh. there yeah and now we're playing red hawk Bridge, which is right next to Castle Pines. There, I'm confused on a lot of them, but do you remember the old Stableford tournament, the International? Yep. We're playing right next door to that course. Okay. So, right. yeah, we're going to do that, and then I'm going to hop on a plane. I'm going to be back uh, up at Eagle Creek here on Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon after commissioner stuff, but yeah. I'll be there. Great. I've played some Colorado golf in my day, too. Uh, Where'd uh, you go? Uh, oh, gosh, I know. Uh, there's one called Bear Path uh, where there's actual okay. bears on the golf course. Uh, and so they, they always tell you, well, we spotted a bear off 16. So, uh, you know, keep your eyes peeled. They do have guys out there just in case there is a bear issue. And that was wow. in, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember all the names of them. Now it's been a little while, but none of the ones that you mentioned have I played. Uh, and then there's one called the country club of Colorado. Um, oh yeah. Have you played that? That's really yes. nice. Yep. Down that, south. That's actually south of, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very good fun, track. very fun course. I really enjoy that track, so that's that's a good one. Hey, all right, so uh, NCAA tournament. Who did you take as your champion? White Arizona. So day one, Todd. Day <laughs> one, Thursday mid morning. Yeah, I lost interest in this tournament. Yeah, I know because Arizona went down to Princeton. They had a seven point lead with five minutes to go, and it seriously felt like they were going to lose. Lo and behold, they did lose. Yeah. And I didn't realize that their guard play was terrible, which we always hear about in the NCAA, which we're going to get to your pick about that in a second anyways, yeah. that you have to have good guard play. The yep. bigs just don't get it done in the tournament. You nope. have those 
these things happen. And Arizona has some good post players, but their guard play was wretched. Yeah. And so I'm watching it going, it doesn't matter if they win this game. They ain't going any further. My brackets are done. Yeah. Let's talk about your team. Well, your mine team isn't any good. I took Purdue. I don't know what I was thinking there. That was horrible pick. Same reason. Terrible guard play. Sure, they have the big man. I fell in love with the bright and shiny seven foot four inch, three hundred pound toy. Uh, I wanted to. Uh, I thought that Zach Eady would have a bigger influence on the game than he wound up having. I'm sure, he got his points and rebounds, but nobody else could do anything, so it doesn't right. matter. I thought Purdue was the first number one seed out. You think it's Arizona? Maybe was uh, bounced before Purdue. It was really close. They were both out on the opening day. No, I thought uh, they were Friday. It was Purdue. Okay, well, whatever it was, exactly. they were horrible. You got a day to savor at least. Go, ha, G's done. He's out because <laughs> you knew I had picked Arizona. You sent me your bracket early. Just yep. want to clarify for everybody back at the radio station. Yep, yep. Todd, Todd's was legit. He sent it early, which yep. again, nobody's going to accuse you of cheating now. No, I mean, no. Think about your that's face. right. I'm not very good at so, cheating. If this is how I'm doing it, <laughs> <laughs> you need to find a new way. Yeah, yeah. So, but overall, Todd, have you been still sticking with the games? I'm having a hard time watching them, my friend. Yeah, I don't care that much about my pool bracket. I mean, it's fun to have that, and of course, it would be nice to win a couple of bucks. We don't play for very much, of course, and uh, but yeah, I still, I still, I love the tournament. It's you know, it's it's one and done. That's the great thing about the NCAA tournament. It's every game. It's on the line. You know, I enjoy the NBA playoffs too, but that's a series. It doesn't yeah. have quite the same feel that the NCAA tournament does. And yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, uh, the tournament so far. There's been some terrific basketball when I can watch it. You know, I've got things I'm responsible for and doing while I'm up here in North Dakota. But when I've had a chance to watch, I have enjoyed the tournament quite a bit. And I've been really impressed. I, I honestly hadn't watched Alabama play that much this year until uh, the tournament here. And boy, they are long and fast. Uh, you had better be ready to score at least 80 points if you think you have any chance against Alabama. Yeah, that's a really good point. And the speed is another thing that uh, really does well in these tournaments. Uh, Houston has a lot of that speed. Um, and they, they've they been impressive as well, even yeah. though I thought they an injury, but maybe he's back. I haven't followed super closely, but yeah, it's interesting. That, now, Todd, I, you said something that I've seen on Twitter too, that people are, they just, I love this so much better than the, than the NBA and they're a little more snarky about it than you are. Yeah. Uh, you, but here's the deal in the NBA, in the playoffs, the adjustments between games is what's fun. Yeah. So if you're coaching mind, or if you know that, or if, if you're a person that believes that coaching matters, that's where it's fun to see what teams do differently from one game to the next in those playoff series. And again, when we go back to the old, you and I are old enough to know this, the Lakers and Celtics, yeah. you could see those small adjustments of, you know, Michael Cooper is now going to guard Larry Bird. Mm. You know, James Worthy's going to shift over to so-and-so. You know, those kind of things were kind of cool to watch the start of the game to see how it played out. Now, it's fair to say the one and done because that's why we love the NFL, right? Yeah. The one and done is kind of fun. It's kind of like anybody can win then. Yeah. And you're seeing that in this year's tournament. I mean, I have a buddy who says, never been more wide open, and boy, was he right. Yeah, that's for sure, even though we do still have two number one seeds remaining, right? I mean, we've still got Houston and, and Alabama that are that are number one seeds. So, uh, you know, by the time we get to the Final Four, everybody talks about wreckage of their brackets in the opening two rounds in that first weekend, and it does often happen. But by the time you get down to the Final Four, you know, it's not very often that higher than a four seed or even a three seed 
uh, gets into the Final Four, the cream tends to rise. Of course, the, it won't be Purdue and Kansas's cream, but uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see both Alabama and Houston get into that Final Four now. Yeah, North Carolina was an eight seed last year. That was kind of a weird deal. Yeah. Because, right, typically I remember one year I had all four number one seeds and people laughed at me and all four of them made it to the – uh, made it to the uh, final four. Yeah. And that was the only year I think I've ever had all four final four teams, which is, you know, you want to win a bracket. That's how you do it. You get four final four teams. <laughs> that's pretty and good. You're, you're yeah, going to have a chance to win. Yeah. That's not too bad. You're doing well in that case. Yeah. Hey, you but know, I'm that's glad- so rare. Yeah, it is. Uh, hey, I'm glad you uh, mentioned the coaching adjustments in the NBA playoffs. There's coaching adjustments uh, in this tournament as well. I, I just remember the uh, they. I was watching the Michigan State win uh, last night against Marquette, a good game, uh, close all the way. And then they mentioned Tom Izzo's record in the second game of weekends at the NCAA tournament. So they play Thursday, Saturday, so then the Saturday or Friday, Sunday, and then the Sunday game. The second game with one day in between to repair. He's 27-6 and six in those situations. So uh, with one day, Tom Izzo tends to outcoach uh, his opponents that he's matched up against. Question for you then, Todd. Yeah. Do you think that in-person live scouting has anything to do with this? I, I, because that's a really good indicator that he's sitting there watching either hand signals, play calls, their adjustments, speed of a player, maybe things like, oh, he's not very good with that left hand that maybe you couldn't pick up on film. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, that sounds to that seems to make sense. I didn't have any idea. You know, I thought, well, he's clearly just making good adjustments. But as to how he was doing it, I hadn't really uh, considered it. But, yeah, that sounds like uh, that would make a lot of sense that, that he is, you know, he's an old school guy. Izzo's, I think, older than I am. I think he's in his 60s now. And, and uh, so that's how he did it for years. That's how he built that program was in-person scouting and, and and, uh, things like that. So that's that's certainly got to be part of it. Well, I always say this to people. I go, well, why would any coach go to watch a kid um, play in a game if they didn't want to see what you know how how family acts, how the parents are, what how good of a teammate is he on the bench? Yeah. What are the things that he's saying? I mean, it's so important to see him live. Otherwise, they could either look at a stat sheet or watch on film and never fly anywhere. And if people would say, well, you got to meet him face to face. Well. Goodness, you could do that on Zoom now, or you could do whatever you want. But Izzo, you're right, Todd. He's old school. He's going to do it the way that it used to always be done. When you, I did not know that about his second game record. Yeah, after yeah. you know, if he can get through that opening round, maybe he just spends a little more time. Or his staff, you know, that's the other thing people don't understand: the things that the staff are taxed with that you have to do. This, you know, my 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 daughter's boyfriend. He was an assistant for Bold. And it was his job to learn the plays of the other team, their inbound plays. Ah. So when the coach called it out, he knew how to defend it. So as they're driving to the game, my daughter is quizzing him on, okay, what's play number two? And he would rattle it off. Boom, boom, boom. And he goes, go again. And I'm like, man, the amount of work these people put in coaching, it's pretty impressive. Whether it translates or not, you know, you still got to play the game, but they put some work in, Todd. Yeah, no doubt uh, that they do that, and and it's it's fun to watch those guys. There are certain masters at it. One of those guys who seems to really have a handle on things is Houston coach Kelvin Sampson. Now, this was a guy who wasn't allowed to be a coach in college basketball. Did he get a one-year or was it a two-year uh, ban from being a coach in the NCAA because of numerous recruiting violations, but always because the guy can coach as soon as any suspensions are over, he's going to get a job right away. And it was in Houston and Kelvin Sampson's a whale of a coach. 
Yeah, I think it was a two-year Todd. Yeah. There was talk that he'd never get back, but you're right. Other programs have short memories. You yeah. know, they just get him in. So they were playing. He was playing against Bruce Pearl the other day. Yeah. And one of my buddies goes, "Huh? There's two of the crookedest coaches out there." Yeah. You know, with their recruiting violations, and you know, in the day of NIL, they can survive a little bit better now because the recruiting violations are really harder to come by. I mean, you have to do something as bad as what Patino did at Louisville, you know, if you really want to get suspended now. But, um, yeah, Todd, I think it was two years, and you're right, Samson can coach. He, yeah. He's been around the game, and I, I give Bruce Pearl. I think he can coach, too. Yep. I mean, yep. these guys, they know the game, and, uh, yeah, they were caught with some indiscretions for sure. But that book is tough. I don't know if you ever uh, heard about the NCAA book. No, I haven't. I have, a, I have a coach buddy who's a good golfer. He used to coach for the, the women's team over at UW-Green Bay. Then he went to Illinois. Now he's at Eastern Illinois. And he told me that the book, and he put his fingers so far apart, Todd, that I was like, huh? That's goes, how thick oh, it was, huh? It's down to how many cell phone calls yeah. you can have at certain ages, Todd. Yeah. Between, like, ninth and 10th grade year, 10th and 11th. I mean, it is unbelievable how difficult it is to know the entire NCAA violation. He goes, I have staff that are telling me what I can and cannot do. Wow. And that's where it gets difficult for these guys. But that has changed. So the Kelvin Sampson and Bruce Pearl, he's at Tennessee for those who may not know, uh, and they're still alive as well. Uh, Maybe some of the things that they got in trouble for back in the day wouldn't be violations today. Like you referenced oh. uh, the NIL deals and all that. Maybe they wouldn't, maybe they never would have had that, those suspensions if the rules were uh, the way they are today. No doubt about it, Todd. And I don't know if some of those cell phone things or recruiting visits or how many times you can go to a kid's house. I don't know if all those are in place Yeah. because now with the transfer portal, you know, again, I think there's so much more movement. It's very volatile of where guys are going here and there. And so you, I haven't heard, I haven't talked to him recently, but it'd be an interesting discussion to say, okay, where is this book now? Is there a new book coming yeah, out? There's got to be. a lot thinner? Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? There's, there's got to be. Uh, it, it would be really hard and to be a college uh, coach of any kind uh, these days with all this NIL uh, money coming in. Uh, that reminds me uh, just a little funny story. So uh, a University of North Dakota basketball player clearly has an NIL deal because I saw him in a television commercial uh, for what the heck was it? Uh, insurance company or something like that, right? Oh, sure. So they yeah. show the kid and they superimpose him and somebody in the back seat behind him, I don't know, somebody with the company or whatever, and uh, they're doing this, and he has a little speaking role to begin with, and then they show him in his car, and like I said, I think it's an insurance company ad. I can't quite remember. I should have written it down, but they show him kind of superimposed a car around him. He wasn't actually driving, but he has his hand on a steering wheel of a full car, and he has his phone in his right hand, his left hand on the steering wheel, and he's looking at his phone and showing the guy in the back seat his phone while he's driving. Now, he wasn't actually driving, but that, I thought, really? <laughs> this is an insurance? But see, it's small market to television, so they hadn't really thought of that. Uh, I would guess maybe we shouldn't show him driving and looking at his phone at the same time. Uh, but, the, but that's the ad that he did anyway. It's a kid named Nelson who actually is from Devil's Lake, where I am right now. He's a 6'10". Oh, sure. Yeah, 6'10 kid. So I was glad he got some NIL money. But whoever put that commercial wasn't really thinking really hard about what they were showing on the commercial. 
Okay, Todd, real quick, uh, this is where we're at today. Question for you. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw it, but Eric Musselman, who many of us thought was a front runner for the Gopher job before Ben Johnson got it, yeah. rips his shirt off. I saw that. The win. I saw that. What was your gut reaction? Was that cool or yeah. was that what are you doing? He's done it before, though. It's kind of his thing. He has? Yes, he's done that before. Oh. Uh, I, I think if he makes a certain round, his, you know, he tells the players, I'll pull my shirt off on the middle of the court if you guys uh, get us into the Sweet 16 or whatever it was because uh, that was when he did it. But I'm sure he's done that before. Uh, that is not. Okay. That did not surprise me uh, about Musselman. Yeah, and, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Ben Johnson. Now he's losing his two best players uh, to the transfer portal. Uh, and, and he lost his best recruit. Why? Because he watched what went on and decided he didn't want to come to a losing program. Uh, yeah. They might have to move on from, from Ben Johnson sooner than I thought, certainly sooner than they thought, um, you know, but I thought for sure they'd have to give him at least three years, but I don't know what, where is this program right now? I mean, it's the worst, it's one of the worst power five uh, teams in the country, right? If you just go power five conferences, yep. Who's worse than the Gophers are, and where that program is right now? That 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 can't stand. Uh, I did like the hire of the West Virginia coach for the women's program. You know, eighteen seasons as a head coach. That's what should have happened in the first place. Somebody with experience hiring somebody at a small, a mid-major, something like that for their first head coaching experience is one thing. Uh, throwing him into the crucible of the Big Ten is something else. And both Ben Johnson and Lindsey Whalen found out they weren't quite ready for it. Well, that's a good point. Uh, and, again, I know people were very mad about the Win Lindsey Whalen hire, but it worked for South Carolina with Don Staley. Yeah. And, again, you could – I mean, Don Staley was maybe overall a little better player than Lindsey, but she had no coaching experience. So it could have worked. Yeah. But, Todd, the women's program is nowhere near in the situation that the men's program is uh, in. Yeah. And that's why I came up with Musselman is because there's so much talk about Musselman wants this job. Yeah. This is where he's from. You know, his dad was, yep. I believe, the first Timberwolves coach. So, I mean, this is stuff that it's 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 homegrown, it's nostalgic. And would he be a good fit back here? And then I see him ripping off his shirt. Well, luckily he's not Rick Majerus, right. you know, or, or Bob Huggins, uh, you know, where actually he doesn't look horrible with it. But still, I thought to myself, I'm like, I don't know that I want a fan, right? I want a coach. Yeah, right. And, and, and you know, Bill Musselman, he was a coach of the Gophers, too, uh, back in the day. So he... Uh, uh, you know, he, he's got a long connection. I remember when he coached uh, the University of Minnesota back in the 70s. That's when we first moved to town. And he was the one who implemented the uh, kind of like the goal, the uh, Globetrotters uh, pregame warm-up. He would put his guys in those long vertical striped pants and then the gold jerseys and golden maroon uh, striped pants. And they would play sweet Georgia Brown and they would do ball handling uh, stuff before uh, their actual layup line and that. And so we always made sure to get that early. And as a kid, uh, I just love that. So that was under Bill Musselman uh, that they did that. So his his connections to Minnesota certainly run deep. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Eric was actually born in the state and maybe went to school here for a time as well. So they need to get that program fixed. Hey, Greg, I'll let you go. Uh, time for you to play some golf there in Colorado before too long, I would guess, huh? Thanks, Todd. Yep, I, uh, we'll see you in a few weeks, hopefully. All right, Greg Stone joining us on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.